It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 4th of May. Jazz and Rockets, Game 3 day. Don't worry, I'm not going to rhyme the whole show. That was by accident. It's all coming up on Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. It is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, bringing insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and look behind the curtains. Uh... It locked on NBA uh, had the coach on, and he was great. Uh, strongly, strongly, strongly suggest uh, grabbing locked on NBA with the coach. Uh, a lot of stuff on the Jazz Rocket series. In fact, if I was good at this job, I would actually have probably cut out a few things and played it. He made a really interesting comments about the thing the Jazz are the best at is attacking closeouts and how they run pick and roll. I thought it was. Um, really interesting. It relates a lot to what they're doing well in the series as well. All right, for today's show, uh, I rewatched uh, the game, but I really focused on the second half. The first half, the Jazz were great. Rockets were stunned. Uh, I think game plan advantage that the Jazz had early when Quinn Snyder got things rolling and they got the dunks, and it just kind of took a, it. it it knocked the Rockets off. I know they're saying, oh, we weren't focused and playing hard. I think they were just a little stunned. And they lost a little bit of who they were. Then the second half, they made some adjustments, and they really came at the Jazz, and then the Jazz weathered it. So uh, I'm going to put the focus on today's show on the second half because I think it's most relevant for what happens tonight. Boy, 8.30. It's like 15 hours from now. Uh, at least it. I'm, I actually have started. I'm just, I've gotten so old. No, it's I'm sleeping so little, but um, that I actually have started napping before these games, um, and I almost might even like it, which is even scarier, because uh, you know naps are pretty contrary to my personality. All right, so uh, rewatching the second half, what what jumps out to me more than anything else, in, in quite, is is the shot making. The Jazz had an unbelievable. Shot making game, and frankly, the Rockets didn't. Um, and that's what the numbers show too. But you really watch the game. Ingles bails us out of a bunch of bad possessions. Crowder to open up with a three, right to open up the fourth quarter, and they have shots. Tucker has a look. Gordon has looks. Ariza has looks. Though uh, Ingles runs at him. Ab runs at him once, and just you know changes their look ever so slightly. Um, so it's, but truthfully, that's that's what jumped out, and I think we should be aware of that because that could that could change. There are little things though that matter. So you know, Trevor Ariza is a forty percent catch and shoot three, and twenty four percent off the bounce. So you know, when you run it at Ariza in the corner and you make him put the one dribble down, he's not the same shooter. Um, with a defender within six feet, he shoots four. No defender within six feet, he shoots forty two percent. Defender within four to six feet, he shoots 35%. A defender within four feet, he shoots 
So, again, you can't impact these things. With that said, um, you know, I, I just think that it was a shot. The Jazz had great shot making, and they didn't. Uh, Bamute is had a career year. Playoff career, though, he's from three, six of 26. P.J. Tucker's often a bellwether. In wins, he's at 42%, and at losses, he shoots 27%. Above the break, he's a 32% shooter. Go to the corners, he hits about 40%. Okay, so where does P.J. Tucker get his looks? Some of those things... um, jump out. We'll get into shot composition later in the game. Uh, so there... I, if I'm cutting a pie, I think I would say 70% shot making. The Rockets missed some shots they regularly make, and 30% the Jazz did things to them uh, that impact. But I think we'll see different shot making, which is going to have a different feel, which is going to make it much more difficult. Uh, I love re-watching Alec Burke's tempo push. So if the Rockets have a weakness, they're not great getting back in defense. They're, they pretty much don't have any other weakness, okay, um, other than maybe that they play such a distinctive style. If you can kind of mess it up, that, that'll that cause them problems. But I, I don't see that as a weakness. I, I see that as they always have something to go back to. But if they have a weakness, they're not great in transition. Um, they're They're pretty good defensively. They're the third best half-court defense in the NBA after a made shot. And teams hold the ball for a long time against them. They slow, that slows the game down. We're the best. Philly's second. After a defensive rebound, they slip to 11th. After a turnover, they slip to 16th. Okay, that's a pretty big difference. During the regular season, third best team in the league after they make a shot. That's why they go on such runs, allowing one point per possession. After a defensive rebound, they're at 1.07. And then after a turnover, they're at 1.23, 16th in the league. Alec Burks was the game changer there. Alec Burks won this game in some ways for the Jazz because he stole six points by just outrunning them up the floor. I think that is that is vital going forward. Rewatching the game uh, rather than calling it, holy smokes, that third quarter by the Rockets was a haymaker of all haymakers. I mean, wow, we fell apart. We had three straight possessions with turnovers. They score on their first six possessions. Wow. And this is where the Jazz were most impressive. One, just Quinn kept working through it. First Crowder, then Exum, then AB. Like, what's going to spark us? Second thing was they just, the Jazz just kept playing. And he goes back to the 19-2 to run by the Thunder in game number two of that playoff series. The Jazz just kept playing. So impressive to that. The, uh, I mean, just so impressive. And clearly the makeup of who this team is, and it's really the one time in the game where I thought not having Rubio was obvious. 
But then to do it without Rubio and stay together was pretty incredible. Um, Little moments. It's 75-71 Rockets in the middle of the haymaker when Donovan Mitchell ties up with P.J. Tucker. Okay, let's talk about P.J. Tucker for a second. I'll bet most of you don't think of P.J. Tucker in, in a big way. There are players in the NBA scared to play P.J. Tucker. Like, I could probably make an argument one of them used to play for us. Um, they, they are, P.J. Tucker is physically bruising, intimidating, and enough to just knock you completely off your game. There, there are a few guys in this league who P, T, players are like, oh, P.J. Tucker is particularly when he was playing small forward, is a guy who players simply don't want to play. Like, he's he's a guy you could go hang now. Like, oh, I don't feel good tonight. So for Donovan to go at P.J. Tucker, or at least stand up to P.J. Tucker, uh, pretty big time. And I wonder, um, I wonder whether or not it impacted, how much it impacted the game. I mean, it's, I don't know, just, that that was a huge moment to me, huge moment. B.J. Tucker lacks some other things, but toughness is not something he lacks. Uh, Why do you keep playing? Because James Harden might get his fourth foul. That was a huge moment. Dante Exum takes his fourth foul. Harden goes out of the game. That's really when the game swings back the other way. By the way, I'm not buying the the second um, spectrum number that Exum guarded Harden for 22 possessions and only allowed two field goals. Because I didn't see 22 possessions. I saw a lot of possessions where they cross half court and matched up and then they switch. So, um, at least that's what, that, at least that's what jumped out to me. I didn't, I didn't see that. Um, I thought another pretty big game moment in the game and probably a pretty good big moment for the series was, the Rockets try to go small with so they don't play Nene, and they play P.J. Tucker at the five. Now, first of all, if they're not going to play Nene, then there's some rotation advantages here for the Jazz because the Rockets are plus 17 when Nene is on the floor this year. So, you know, if somehow we've gotten to a point where they're playing out of their sorts a little bit that – they don't want Nene on the floor because it allows the Jazz bigs to be around the rim. That's a pretty good moment for us, I think. So they didn't play Nene a great deal in this game, and they went to P.J. Tucker at the five in a really big moment of the game. First of all, remember I just told you, P.J. Tucker's not a good above-the-break three-point shooter. So P.J. Tucker gets it above the break. He's a 32% three-point shooter there. He's 2 of 10 in the playoffs. Gobert closes out on him. Tucker drives on Gobert. Gobert blocks the shot. Mammoth play. Because it eliminates 
what they want to do. So there's all the there's I mean Axum hits two shots, Ingles twice contested. There's all sorts of shot making. Uh, Donovan does look really uncomfortable creating his offense at the point guard. I, I would suspect that Quinn is going to try to move Donovan around. He's 15 of 43 for the series, shooting 35%. He's playing a great game. But the do, the 41-point Donovan explosion score against New Orleans, that's he's that this this is not match, lining up for him well. He's not getting a lot of room to the basket. He's not getting the ball on the wings to be able to kind of maybe try to beat someone quickly when the big's up. He's bringing everything from the top through the defense. Um, so I, I suspect we'll see something. All right, let's talk some more adjustments coming up, some big matchups, some other things uh, that jumped out at me re-watching uh, game number one. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. I did something yesterday that I have not done in probably 20 years. Well, let's see. I've been married for seven, yeah, probably 19 years. We bought a new car. I bought the Hyundai Santa Fe yesterday. Jason Creech over at uh, Murdoch Hyundai was our sales guy. was was wonderful to deal with. The process was nice. Um, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, Blake told them. I'm not kidding myself. To, uh, but it was great. Uh, I now have my Murdoch guarantee. I've got my five-day return policy. I've got my price match guarantee. I've got my uh, car washes for life. i got my oil changes for life. That one fired up my wife. And we actually own a new car. We have not owned a new car in, I'm serious, like probably 17, 18 years. Uh, maybe, maybe 19, 20 years. Uh, but we did it. Why? Because the safety features are great. The price for what you can get is amazing. I'm convinced on the Hyundai brand of being the best value I could get. Um, and I've been super impressed driving the cars. And we've got a new driver coming into the house. And I wanted more safety features than all the older cars we drive. It's just really that simple. Murdoch Hyundai, check it out for yourself, 4646 South State Street. I love the Ionic Hybrid if you're looking for a hybrid. We got the Santa Fe with the third row seats. I'm driving the new Kona right now also, which is their short kind of small SUV uh, for, similar to the Subaru Crosstrax. Uh, check it all out at Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. 
All right, so the let's go adjustments. Actually, let's go matchups. So Ryan Anderson didn't play much. And Donovan went and pulled and hit a three right on Ryan Anderson the minute he came into the game. I think this is a fairly big deal. So if you go back to the last meeting in the regular season, they're missing Ryan Anderson. I think they're missing Clint Capella. I think they're missing Eric Gordon. So you're not playing a full team. But you are. they go small with Bamute at center, and it causes the Jazz a bunch of problems. And I think, ideally, they'd like to do the same thing uh some of the time with Ryan Anderson. And they try, Ryan Anderson is a, you know, for the last two years been a great three-point shooter. He's always before that just been about average. Um, but Ryan Anderson spreads the floor, plays defense fairly well, uh, or plays rebounds fairly well, is not a good on-ball defender. And the Jazz kind of, I think, may have pushed Ryan Anderson out of game one, out of game two by going at him a little bit on their switches. And... To me, that's an interesting development of of worth watching is, okay, so what are they doing with their backup centerman? It's Capella's been terrific, but then are they playing Ryan Anderson? Ryan Anderson has been pretty good for them this year. Uh, they're better when Ryan Anderson's off the floor all year, point plus 10 to plus 6, so there might be something. Nene they didn't play, but they're plus 17 with Nene, minus 6 when he's off. Their defense is incredible with Nene on the floor. So are they going Ryan Anderson? Are they going Nene? Are they going P.J. Tucker at center? Are they going to try Babute and really spread us out at some point? Watch that closely. Uh, I'm a big Eric Gordon fan. I did not think he had a very good defensive game. Um, I thought the Jazz were able to, particularly Alec and, and Dante and Donovan at times, drive at him a little bit. I think that one's worth watching. Uh, he's had a lot of knee problems and leg problems and things of that nature. He's not someone I would have put on the list of players that I thought the Jazz were going at, but maybe they did or maybe the game just had it that way. But worth keeping an eye on. So from an adjustment standpoint tonight, tonight, watch who the Rockets are playing as their backup center and what lineups they're able to get on the floor. And then specifically Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon's pretty vital to the Rockets. Uh, he, he, you know, you start looking at their trends and, you know, what they do. He's a, he's a vital piece. He's an 18 a game piece who in the series or in the playoffs so far is shooting 31%, five of 22 in the series. He's a better home player than road players, a better catch and shoot player than off the bounce player, but he's had a great year. In fact, he had the most dunks he's had since 2010, 11. You don't usually see that. Great rim finishing this year. Must have you know much been much healthier, but has never been a great playoff player. Thirty nine percent playoff career, thirty six percent from three, and it'll be interesting to see whether he can have that impact because he's he's important to this series for the Rockets. The nice thing about focusing on the second half is you can see some of the Rockets' adjustments. So let's go through what the Jazz did, which we talked about yesterday. Hopefully, you listen to the program. Is sorry, this program feels very dense. I hope it is all right for you. Uh, the the Jazz, the, the Rockets, uh, the Jazz were not bringing the four guys together. So in a pick and roll at the top, 
if the ball was coming and Rudy was coming to set a pick on Joe Ingles, Rudy would leave before all four players, two offensive, two defensive players, came together and slip out, and then the player that's supposed to switch on to Gobert wouldn't be there in time, and so you're able to lob it down to, to Rudy at the basket and he gets a dunk or favors at the rim, um, or at least you're able to make the defense collapse. The Rockets' answer was that Clint Capella simply stayed attached to Rudy and held him so he couldn't leave until the pick came, and then he would try to switch out, and Rudy wouldn't get the roll in time, and Luke and, and Bamute or whomever, Ariza, whomever would come over, Chris Paul, James Harden, and be there for the roll. Then if it's Harden, they bump him back out. They bring somebody in to help him out. It's really well-structured. Um, so they're holding the roll, man. Alec beat this, and Dante, or actually I think it was Dante beat this, by coming off now suddenly by using the pick, turning the corner, and going downhill because Capella is tied up with Gobert. So a lot of what we're going to get to now moving forward is that there is a counter to kind of anything the Rockets do, the Jazz have to read it next to you. If Capella's coming all the way out and, they, and, the, and the roll happens, then you're, you're hitting Rudy on the roll to the basket. If the Rockets then overshift, Rudy's got to probably start moving to the corners as they shift for that with some passes and get Ingles and guys open, Royce O'Neal, um, some corner three looks, and hopefully Royce uh, goes back to Oklahoma City and knocks some of them down. He hasn't hit a few in a little while. Um, nothing drastic. His numbers are right to where they should be, but he got hot in Oklahoma City, so now he's cooling down. Uh, or if they are holding, then the ball handler has a chance to turn the corner because Capella's tied up and penetrate the defense in that fashion. Um, they do some really good stuff. I don't know if I can explain this very well, but favors... The Jazz had Donovan Mitchell in one of their favorite plays, which had Joe Ingles and Derek Favor setting a stack pick for them. So Donovan's going to go over two guys. He goes over Ingles, then over Favors. Ariza, who is supposed to be guarding uh, Ingles, Chris Paul's guarding Donovan Mitchell. So they switch... Chris uh, Capella out on to Donovan Mitchell as he comes off Favors. Favors now rolls. He's got a step. Ariza was the first guy in the pick, actually rolls with Favors. Chris Paul, who at this point should be on Favors because he was guarding Donovan and they switched. This is like a jigsaw puzzle. Flies out to Joe Ingles on the perimeter. Donovan's pass down low to Favors gets intercepted by Ariza. It's pretty high-level execution defensively and pretty well done and pretty hard for the Jazz to read and really hard for a non-point guard to read. And, and, a, and a sign of how good the Rockets are at this defense. The other one the Rockets started doing in the third quarter and then went away from it was, and I don't know why they went away from it because they got caught up in their matchups, uh, Chris Paul got a corner. So P.J. Tucker in the first half was the guy in the corner for the three. And the Jazz were kind of letting it happen. So they moved Chris Paul there. 
So now Harden's driving. Gobert has to guard both Harden and Capella, and they change the angle a little bit where Harden's coming from a little bit wider, and Capella's on the weak side, so he's not on the ball side anymore, making it hard. Gobert now has to leave Capella to come forward on Harden. It's a pretty good lot. I mean, these guys are really good, and D'Antoni's a really good coach. So Gobert has to come forward. Now they just lob over Gobert, Capella dunks. So the answer to that, if you're trying to cut off Harden, is that whoever is in the corner defensively has to come in and get in the legs of Capella to prevent him from rolling. And it was Donovan, and Capella just rolled off to the, onto the back of Donovan, pinning him between the basket and Chris Paul, who's now in that corner. James Harden hits to that corner. Capella's dropped that pick on the backside of Donovan, and they hit it. That play, I think we're going to see as their go-to play. It was very well done, and I didn't really think the Jazz had an answer to it just because of, frankly, how good the three players involved are. James Harden, Clint Capella, and Chris Paul. You're dealing with the probably the most dominating you know, guy driving to the basket, a great passer, Capella's as good a rim finisher, and Chris Paul's as good a corner three shooter. It's about, and, and you're really taxing the defense at every step of the way. It's a pretty incredible play, and I suspect we'll see a lot more of it uh, from the Rockets. Uh, so they made real adjustments, and they, and they looked really, really good doing it. Um, one really important thought coming up, as well as one big picture thought, and I want to talk about the other series uh, that are taking place uh, in the game as well, because they're worth talking about. I didn't get to watch a lot of them last night, so they're, it's kind of a 30,000-foot uh, point of view on on some of these. Today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending. Intercap Lending has been in the business for 40 years, so it's well-experienced you're not going to so you know, they, they know what they're doing. They've also embraced modern technology with a fabulous app. They're able to run most of their loan programs through their app. And the app is, allows you to pre-qualify without talking to anyone in this insane market. And then the app made, as Steve Carter likes to say, made it as e- easy as ordering pizza. I did my refinance with them uh, this year and had a perfect experience. One, I'm incredibly difficult this time of year to actually get to do anything correctly other than call basketball games and do podcasts. And they were able to help me through the process, get it done. If you are self-employed, have business assets, multiple properties, I understand how difficult it can be when you play the loan game. Intercap is a direct lender, so they can really help you out. If you have low credit, Intercap can do it. If you have a difficult loan for any reasons on either end of the spectrum, call Intercap Lending. 385-885-28. 385-885-28. 385-885-28. 385-885-28. Frankly, we didn't have a difficult loan. We had just a straightforward loan, and they were great. So I'm not trying to preclude you from being involved. But just because they have no overlays and no additional requirements and they're a direct lender, they can do things that other people uh, cannot do as well. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, intercaplending.com. They'll do your appraisal for free for you uh, if you do your loan with them. Call Steve Carter at 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. Today's show is also brought to you by Rad Concrete Coatings. I'm getting good at that. Uh, Mike started Rad Concrete Coatings 17 years ago. They are now the best in the business. You'll see them at the Parade of Homes every year. Eight homes this year in Utah's County Parade of Homes. When, why would you need Rad Concrete Coating? If you want waterproof deck coatings, 
If you need a garage floor coating, with even, even they have waterproofing the garage, which makes a huge difference for a lot of people. The concrete overlays and driveway restructurings, that salt, those harsh winters, the surface flaking off, they can help you out. Openly admit, Mike says, you know what? If you're looking for the cheapest, that's what you'll get. But if you come to us, what you're going to get is the best. You're going to get the best stuff out there. We go to the World of Concrete every year and see what's there. We have the best applicators you can have. That's what he prides himself on hiring. And you're going to get the quality that's shown in the Parade of Homes every year. RadConcreteCoatings.com or RadUtah.com. RadUtah.com. There's a contact form on the site for a bid. Fill it out and see what Mike and his guys can do for you at RadUtah.com. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. All right. Um, two things. Shot composition is really interesting in this series. So the Jazz have held the Rockets to under 40% three-point shooting in two games so far. That only happened in four games all year. Specifically, the Jazz are forcing the Rockets into non-restricted area paint twos. They've taken 16 and 17 of them in the first two games. So it will be worth keeping an eye on whether or not the Rockets suddenly bypass those shots. They're not great shots. It's in the paint. I know it's points in the paint. But they're 7 of 33 on those shots so far. And it, it and they're, and they're, sh- they're low-percentage shots in the league. The Rockets are the best mid-range two team in the league at 43%, but still, that's .86 points per shot. They're corner three, they're 1.2 points a shot. They're above the break three, they're 35%, so they're about 1.05 points per shot. And at the rim, they're 1.2. So the really the worst shot they have is the paint, non-restricted area shot. And they're 7 of 23... They only have taken 16, one playoff game against Minnesota. Against Brooklyn, they took 17, made 12. Against Orlando, they took 18 in a game which they only shot 33% of their shots as threes. Against the Jazz, they took their season high 20 earlier this year. And on 21, and on opening night, they shot 16 against the Warriors. So they don't do that. The impact of this is that 29% of their shots right now are 
non-restricted area twos. During the season, only 18%. So they were taking 82% of their shots as smart shots. They are now down to 71% of their shots as smart shots. That's a mammoth difference. On the analytical front, here's what to me is becoming super interesting about this series. The Rockets have a math advantage every single night they play. Okay, they're, they're just better at it. But the number one defense in the NBA, or number two defense, money ball-wise, is the Jazz. The Jazz only allows 61% of opponent shots to either be restricted area or threes. Only Brooklyn was better at that. So, and then offensively, while the Rockets are way better than everyone else, the Jazz are ninth best, and if you actually look at shot quality, the Jazz are about fifth best. So, my point here is that while the Rockets have a math advantage against everyone they play, they have the slimmest math advantage against the Jazz, and the Jazz have the least distance to go in altering their game or accentuating their game to be able to eliminate the math difference. And if you can eliminate the math difference, then you're not playing the 65-win Rockets. Then you're playing a different team that is really, really good but doesn't have this distinctive math advantage. And I think that's probably worth kind of looking at. Minnesota, for example. Minnesota's 29th in the NBA in smart shots. Playing the Rockets, who are number one, the Rockets took 82% of their shots as either restricted area or threes. Minnesota took 56. Like, that's just too big a margin. The Jazz still have a way to go. They're at 68, and the Rockets are 82. But if the Jazz accentuate theirs a little bit more and bring the Rockets down defensively, now we're close. Minnesota offensively was 29th. Defensively, they're 24th. No one's closer to the Rockets combined on either side than the Jets. Final thought. Chris Paul never touches the ball. Chris Paul never touches the ball. I can't imagine if we can push them a little bit that this holds together. I couldn't believe it re-watching it. Chris Paul is either the greatest trooper ever in a, in a way that he never has been before in his life or his legs are going and he knows it or I got no idea, but he never touches the ball. And he's set up on all of these plays to just go get James Harden free. It's it's stunning, and I I I don't think I don't know. I hope we win tonight. I, I think it's gonna be fascinating if we do. Um, I really, really, really think it's gonna be fascinating if we do. Per a hundred possessions, I haven't looked this up. I'm doing this live. Well, maybe I'm not because it's taking too long. Um, I was going to look at Chris Paul playoffs in regular season per 100 possessions. How many shots he gets. And he's not a guy who needs shots. But Right, okay. During the regular season, per 100 possessions, if James Harden is off the floor, Chris Paul takes 26 shots per 100 possessions. 
If Harden's on the floor, he takes 16. He shoots three percentage points better in both. He also, during the regular season, he only played 25, 24% of his minutes with Harden. So let's go to the regular season. In the regular season, it's even worse. Or in the postseason. He's taking 33 shots per 100 possessions when Harden's off. And he's taking the same amount when Harden's on. And he's shooting eight percentage points better when he's on the f- without Harden and nine percentage points better without Harden from three. Keep an eye on it. I don't think that one holds together if we can push him. That is Locked On Jazz, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Enjoy game three. Enjoy game four. Talk to you next Monday morning. We'll be in Salt Lake City uh, for the show. Thanks very much for tuning in. Postcast after both games with Ron Boone here on Locked On Jazz. Go check out Locked On NBA with the coach. It was terrific. Have a great one. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.